Welcome back to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast, where we're sharing stories and advice from the leaders sparking the rise of Bentonville, one of the fastest growing and most dynamic cities in the United States, nestled in the Ozark Mountains of Northwest Arkansas in the heartland of America. This is the second episode for the Fuel for Your Health series. So let's jump right in. Let me introduce you to Chris Jones and Stephen Saddam, who are the co-founders of Match Right Care, where Chris serves as CEO and Stephen serves as COO. Match Right Care is based in Kansas City, Missouri. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Great to be here. Well, let's start with the easy question first, which is, will you share with the Bentonville Beacon audience about yourselves let them know what it is that they should know about you. you go first? Sure. Yeah. My name is Steven Saddam, originally from Denver, Colorado. Met Chris about three and a half years ago while I was working as a venture capitalist, uh, sitting on the opposite side of the table at that time. Uh, I really enjoyed Chris's story, how he came to see a need, and then also his dedication around uh, the software and where he thought he could take the business. And so I've been working together for about two and a half years on the business and at a pretty interesting spot now where we think we can launch here in July. So I'll let nice. Chris get into that. Yeah, sure. Hey, Chris Jones, uh, founder of uh, Match Right Care. Yeah, uh, my story is I spent over 23 years in information technology. I spent eight years in uh, healthcare space. And I saw the need for patients to be able to move medical records from one doctor's office to another more efficiently. It really born from a, a, a situation back in 2008 that I had a son that was diagnosed with a brain tumor. He missed a clinical trial and we missed the clinical trial because we're going to have medical records in time. So that, and he would pass away within about seven months after that. But after that, it just spawned me to build something that was unique for the patients, right? So they should have better control of it. So I started working on Match Right Care, uh, maybe 10 years later, 2018 is when we started working on it. And the goal for that was to build an application, allow patients to be in better control. Wasn't thinking about a business, just trying to build a, something out to, to help patients have better control. And uh, Match Right took off from there. Wow. Well, sorry about your son. I mean, yeah. some of the best companies we know have evolved from this, uh, these very personal stories that we, that we have. And so glad that you uh, are able to get the company off the ground. Really excited to hear that uh, you're launching in, you said July? July is when it goes live. Yes. That's cool. Well, tell the audience about the company. Uh, what is it that Match Right Care, the, Talk about the problem, I guess, a little more that the, if you want, that yeah. the uh, company solves and specific, more specifically, who you solve it for and then how you do it. Yeah. So uh, Match Right was really, I spoke a little bit about my son's where it kind of started, but it really is a, the driver of, of patient records. A lot of times from the technology that's standing in place now in hospitals are what we call legacy systems, right? So where the old and antiquated, they're not able to move from one doctor's off to another more efficiently than the patient is. And if you think about just, going from one doctor and you have to get those records transferred over, it could take a day or so or up until the week to get those records over. What Matt Wright says is that you should be the owner of those records. You should be able to have those in your hand and take those with you where you go, which we allow a patient to be the hub of those records is what we do. Um, and then this time frame we've done is built this, this technology that sits on the outside of bureaucratic process of healthcare, right? Because sometimes you realize those records can't move back and forth because the health system don't use the same system. Mm -hmm. You as a patient or you as a person that, that's overseeing a patient's health, is you want to make sure that, that those records get there regardless of what the technology health systems are using. So that's how we focus match right. 
Wow. Uh, you know, that's one of the things that's been most frustrating to me about healthcare records is that you said it, ownership. Legally, yeah. we own our healthcare yeah. records. In reality, we absolutely do not own our healthcare records until July yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. because we aren't able to control those records really in any way. We're not able to aggregate them together and, and control them and control who they go to and, and under what circumstances. And so thank you all for changing that. Yeah, yeah. appreciate that. So I hear you also have something going on uh, with the VA, maybe something uh, in the works there. Could you talk about that? Yeah, as Stephen mentioned earlier, uh, we're doing a big release on the July and July. Part of that is that we connect, we got connected to VA, the veteran, veterans, uh, veterans Affairs. And what we're doing there is now we're able to put 6.5 million veterans on the application and allow them to federate into the community with their medical records. It's something unique. We just got fully approved for them last month, and we're excited about embedding them into our application too, allowing them not only access the records, but have control of those as well. So for groups down here, we're excited to be able to, to uniquely access a population that typically has not been able to uh, digitally share their records. And so that's going to be something that's pretty exciting for I think, a lot of stakeholders in this region. Very cool. Well, also, I have to ask you, are you going to work your way back into uh, DOD then uh, to connect those health work records forward into uh, the VA? It's, it's on the roadmap. It's on the roadmap, right? <laughs> it's definitely on the roadmap, but we're excited about the VA um, um, being able to bring them on and they'll help us kind of navigate some of these hospitals as well because the veterans are important. My dad's a vet. Yeah. And he travels with his re medical records in hand now from three hours away in Mississippi. So I know how important that is. I, I completely understand uh, that in the military, we had to do that as well. That was a uh, very frustrating. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like I should insert a joke here about, um, <laughs> will, will finally the VA then have to acknowledge that, you know, aches and pains are indeed uh, military related. Disability rating, right? So at least to be able to carry a disability rating with you too, as veterans, because that's important too. A big part of those records is that a lot of veterans have disability rating that determines on what service they have. That's right. And that's right. Be allowed to, allow them to access that, that disability rating and take that with them as well. Glad you're doing that. Yeah. How has Fuel for Your Health and Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas been beneficial to you? How's it, how have we helped you over the past few weeks? I think it's an authentic buy-in from the community, which can almost sound as like a cliche, but I think in Bentonville, it's truly something that's noticeably different where there's buy-in from any type of organization, whether it be kind of the larger health systems to specialty consultants that can come in and help us with our communications or softer points that we're not typically talking about on a week-to-week -week basis. And there's people here that will give you a half a day and like in the best possible way to get you at like really high quality advice at the time that we need it most. Yeah. And it's not so much around what a startup could be, but understanding where we're at specifically in each case within the cohort and then being able to apply that on an enterprise scale within 12 weeks is something that I personally have not seen within venture capital or a lot of accelerators across the country. So from that standpoint, fuel is very differentiated in my mind. Yeah, I think it's a good mix for us too. I think in the business standpoint, as we grow and we're moving more into the enterprise set, we're talking to more and more hospitals now and connect with the hospitals. It makes sense now we, that we don't just get an accelerator. We've been a couple accelerators from Kansas City, so we've been in those mm -hmm. two. What's unique about Fuel is that it gets you embedded into the enterprise community, right? It's not just like we'll give you ideas on how to build your financial models, but it's really focused on how do you put your business inside the enterprise set and get connected. And that's where I think this is a big push for us. While we like coming to Bentonville, it's a smaller net community, right? 
and you can connect with people a lot easier, right? They're always just one handshake away from somebody that can really make decisions. I think the biggest part of some accelerators is when you get through the accelerators, getting to the decision makers is difficult, right? But here it's a, it's, it's a lot easier to get those decision makers. They're in the room with their mentors there. We're talking to them. So even this podcast to be able to do this is important. So I think this is what makes it different for us. Excellent. Well, you know, let's talk about how your company can be reached. How may the audience learn more about Match Right Care and get connected with uh, YouTube? You can reach us at Match Right Care at www.matchrightcare.com. Um, that's M-A-T-C-H-R-I-T-E-C-A-R-E.com. Um, you can reach me at chris.jones at matchrightcare.com. Steven.sanum at matchrightcare.com. That's easy. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. One last question. Will you, uh, and you can tell me one story between the two of you, or if you both have stories, that's great as well. But tell our audience a hashtag because Bentonville story. That's a, a moment in time or a full-fledged story where you look back at it and you think, you know what, that could only happen in Bentonville. Or maybe it describes the essence of this place. Yeah, so we got the running joke. We were just talking about that here. So we drive back and forth each week. And it's always, we always see a Teslas are, are big in Kansas City, but we've never seen Tesla with bike racks on it. But we see that's a constant visual here in Bentonville. That, that's a pretty solid hashtag because yeah. Bentonville's uh, moment or story. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's enough going on that there's Teslas and then the bike rack is just a, uh, yeah. a flare that just seems yeah. so specific here that I think we're going to have to keep checking it out. Yeah, we're going to have to keep checking it out. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I thank you. Thank you for having Thanks. us. Appreciate it. Let me introduce you to Aparna Pujar who is founder and CEO of Zimply, which is based in Los Gatos, California. Aparna, welcome to the show. Great, glad to, be, glad to be here. Hey, will you share with the Bentonville Beacon audience about yourself, whatever you'd like to tell them? Great, well, thank you for this opportunity. I'm excited to be here in Bentonville. It's my very first visit here. Now I've come down a couple of times. I'm originally from India. I grew up in India and uh, moved to United States about 30 years ago. Pretty much have been in the Valley for most of my professional career. Uh, worked for some iconic Silicon Valley companies. I'm an engineer by education, by trade, uh, by profession, and pretty much uh, have worked for high-tech companies, working on high-tech companies in the healthcare, media, retail, e-commerce, content. So pretty much everything that sort of came as part of the internet generation. Uh, so I became a remote caregiver for my aging parents, which is what led me to kind of quit my corporate job and looked at the problem domain. And I wanted to solve it to the level where I felt really good about coming to the market with a solution that would make a difference. And, you know, I took a sabbatical from eBay, which was my last uh, stint uh, in the corporate world and rolled up my sleeves and started Zemply like any Silicon Valley entrepreneur. I love it. Yeah. See a problem, solve the problem, right? Well, let's talk about that. Yeah, talk more about the problem that you're solving and the folks you're solving it for and then what your solution is at Zemply. Right, so Zemply is uh, an AI-based technology platform that is designed to help elderly age in place. Every day, more than 10,000 people turn 65 and above. And uh, what is frightening is that, you know, there is no technology to help them age in place in as more and more elderly people are, are opting to live in their own homes instead of going into a congregate setting, for example, the, these environments are not designed to keep them safe, are not designed to address their health and well-being requirements. And uh, one of the things that 
I did because, you know, I became a remote caregiver for my parents was I looked at the uh, problem domain. I looked at the industry and where it was. And it was just, you know, an epiphany that happened. I said, you know, I think this needs to be solved uh, at scale. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think in the next 20, next 20 years, about half a billion people on this planet are going to be in that 65 plus space across the world. And it's just an opportunity that has to be tapped into and the right solution has to be brought in because, you know, at the end of the day, if you ask anyone, you know, their choice of where they want to spend their last years and including, you know, ending well happens to be their home. And what we're trying to do is just make that possible. Wow. That's, that's incredible. And, you know, you're going to solve a lot, a lot of sort of downstream problems. This is a, actually a problem that I've uh, spent some time studying because almost started a company in this space at one point with some other folks. And we figured out we just didn't have the right founding team for that moment in time and the right technology either. And so we didn't found the company. But what we learned was that, you know, seniors suffer from loneliness. Many of them do. Right. Which leads to a cascade of events that more often than not, or than we'd like, lands them in at least some level of health care for a couple of days every year. Right. And it's very expensive. And it then leads to another a continuing cascade of events that lead to, you know, earlier death, which is not acceptable. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think you brought up a very good, uh, interesting point there. you know, getting the market timing is mm -hmm. very critical. I think what happened was about eight years ago when Internet of Things kind of became this popular thing, a lot of companies rushed into the space trying to solve not just this problem but problem in every domain but the rest of the infrastructure industry had mm -hmm. not caught up with it like for example even today when we go into homes we notice that many homes don't have wi-fi connectivity and we're this is 2023 and you would think that wi-fi has become you know second nature like electricity in the home but we still have to address these problems where connectivity is an issue so we designed our solution where we don't depend on a home Wi-Fi connectivity. You know, our, our hub goes in and it has, a, it has a connection to a cellular network and our system just works like a plug and play solution. So we paid attention to a lot of technology gaps, not from a product standpoint, but from an infrastructure standpoint that were necessary to make our solution work. For example, you know, battery life is a big deal. I mean, we, mm -hmm. if, if you were to just assume that, you know, a sen sensors we put so basically what our product does is you know, we equip home with sensors, smart sensors, and these uh, sensors are collecting data and bringing it to a cloud application where we build what are called as activity or behavior models. We call it activity graph of a day in the life of an elderly person who is in their home. So we track, you know, what time did they wake up? How, how, how long are they active? How long are they moving in the house? Are, is there any reason why they are sedentary today? Is there some underlying health condition? We track their medication, we track their dining habits, you know, anything that you want to learn about them in order to make sure they're on track, on trajectory. So for us, when we say aging in place, we attribute two metaphorical meanings to it. One is physically aging in place. Mm -hmm. I mean, live where you are and thrive in that environment and also biologically aging in place, age in place so that, you know, you continue to sustain at the level, at your age level that you are. So you, en you enjoy the benefits of that. So in, that comes in the form of, you know, making sure you're sort of responding to feedback that's being given to you. You know, you didn't take your meds on time. You know, it can create an adverse event. So stay on top of it. Stay hydrated. And through that, we also address the memory issue, right? So when, mm -hmm. because we know we can see patterns where, you know, they go for days without 
uh, movement, for example, or they're spending longer time sitting on a in a couch, uh, you know, without uh, any sort of engagement, say the TV is not on. So we know there's something going on and we're able to now assess that and go back to them with, you know, hey, can I help you? Right. So what our tool does is, you know, helps with the discovery part. So once once the issue is discovered, it's very easy to kind of figure out what decision because the solutions are available in the market. Mm-hmm. Discovery is where it's the hardest part. And and then, of course, you know, we, when it comes to technology, there's there's issues with, you know, what type of sensor. So we don't use video cameras in the home because we we right off the bat, we kind of held that as a philosophy of our company saying, you know, we're not going to compromise on privacy. A large segment of the customers that we serve tend to be women because women outlive men. Uh, mm-hmm. And so what we, and it's, it's an issue for them to have a video camera. And what happens is, you know, the video cam, most, so for in the elderly segment, a lot of adverse events end up being falls. So, and falls happen in either in a bedroom or in a bathroom, which is a place where you can place a video camera. So we had to come up with alternate ways of sort of track, tracking their movement and doing inference on a lot of the data that's collected to, to predict if they're going to fall or detect if they've had a fall. And then come up with preventive mechanisms to stop those incidents from occurring or prevent those incidents of occurring where they might be uh, subject to a fall type of mm. a scenario. So a lot of thought went into how that product was created, which I felt was needed, you know, when people first did that. So a lot of what what we call as graveyard stories of you know companies that have tried and not done it successfully, but that had nothing to do with the technology. It was just the way you had to understand the ground level reality of what it takes to put a solution in place. Wonderful, that's brilliant. Thank you. How has fuel for your health and Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas helped you in these past few weeks? The accelerator program has been. Uh, absolutely wonderful. I think uh, for someone who is from Silicon Valley, I sort of had a different, I now have a different perspective of how, you know, different geographies in the country work. You know, when mm-hmm. when you are in Silicon Valley, you're sort of spoiled, <laughs> put it that way. There's no lack of, you know, uh, inspiration, technology, et cetera, that you, you can come across. And what uh, I think this gave me a different perspective, uh, which which was very positive. There are some functions that I feel are better suited to be done in a geographic location like this, as against being done on one side, which is cute in California. So definitely love the community. I, I've loved uh, being at Ledger, love the mentor teams that I've met so far. And I do know that this, this region is becoming the next healthcare sort of uh, hotspot, as mm-hmm. they call it. And I'm very interested in being strategically aligned to this because, and fortunately for us, most of our clients are from the Midwest. So we we are sort of trying to, you know, just do the right thing by having a significant footprint and presence in this market. So we are able to better serve our customers. Absolutely. Well, how can our audience reach you and get to know more about your company? Yeah, the best way is to go to our website. It's www.zemply.com or connect with me on Twitter or LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, I go by my name, Aparna Pujar. uh, And on Twitter, it's at Zemply. Perfect. Okay, Aparna, I have one last question for you. And this is, I'll call it a hashtag because Bentonville story or moment. If you could tell us uh, a story or a moment that happened during your time in Bentonville where you look back at it and you think, you know what, that could only happen here. Or maybe it describes the essence of this place. Hashtag. Because Bentonville. Because Bentonville. Yes. Um, 
the Walmart Museum. I thought that was very inspiring. I think it's very different from, it's a different startup story than what I'm used mm-hmm. to in Silicon Valley. So it was very interesting to know how, you know, they started the company and grew it and scaled it. And to me, that was kind of like a, I would say like a counterintuitive input that went yes. into, which, which I thought was very nice. Because, you know, sometimes you get stuck in your own domain and you're trying to figure it out. But getting that outside perspective really helps. So I have to thank Bentonville for that. I like working at Ledger. And uh, definitely, I think on the fun side, I love the oat lattes that they make. (laughs) So I'll always remember Bentonville for that. Excellent. Yeah, I'm assuming that's oat lattes at uh, the airship. Location airship, at yeah, the, the airship. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. And and if you've gotten out and checked it out, you may have discovered we have a pretty high density of, uh, say, craft coffee shops too, which might be a surprise to a lot of people to learn. Yeah, I mean, I was actually uh, very surprised, uh, you know, to see not not many Starbucks here. No, not many at all. Nice, yeah. Great. Thanks, Aparna. Thanks for uh, coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Let me introduce you to Felipe Miller, who is co-founder and CEO of Momentum Health, which is based in Montreal, Canada. Felipe, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. Glad to have you. Will you share with the Bentonville Beacon audience about yourself? What should they know? Yeah, absolutely. I think something that the Bentonville Beacon audience should know about me, but also about our company and kind of our culture is it's really a young and scrappy kind of figure it out attitude. And we've gotten pretty far with that uh, ethos, and I think we'll, we'll continue to bring it forward. That is a fantastic attitude. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your company. Who are the customers that you're solving problems for? In fact, what is that problem you're solving? Then who are the customers, and what's your solution? Yeah, absolutely. So the problem we're really solving is a double-edged sword, so a balancing act between radiation exposure and discontinuous follow-up. So really for scoliosis patients and patients with spinal deformities in general. So in our current standard of care, scoliosis patients are at twice the risk of breast cancer due to repetitive radiation exposure to monitor their curves. And at the same time, if we wait too long between x-rays, you risk missing their curve progression. So for the patients and for their care team, they're kind of stuck in this position. So ultimately our customer is the scoliosis patients and their families, as well as their doctors and their care team to kind of make their lives a little bit easier. So what we've built is a digital health platform so that you can remotely monitor scoliosis patients. So you can remotely monitor scoliosis patients between visits more frequently, more often, in order to reduce their total radiation exposure and facilitate that remote follow-up. Well, that's pretty neat. Why did you found the company? Why did I found the company? So I founded it with my uh, two co-founders, Evan Diamondberg and Dr. Jean Ouellette. Dr. Ouellette is a pediatric spine surgeon in Montreal. And Evan, my co-founder, was doing his master's thesis with Dr. Willette. And this was all during the, during the pandemic, and Dr. Willette couldn't see any of his patients. He's asking them to bend over, examine their back on Zoom. And so Evan had the idea, he's like, there's got to be a better way. So then we all kind of got to brainstorming and uh, came up with the solution. Awesome. Well, once again, the pandemic has fast-forwarded <laughs> us into the future. Exactly. How has uh, Fuel for Your Health and Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas in general helped you move your company forward? It's been remarkable. I mean, this community, I coming from Montreal, knew nothing about it, really knew nothing about Arkansas. I'd never even been to the Midwest or South. And in my time here, it's amazing how 
in every interaction with every person I've had, whether it's at a networking event or at a coffee shop, first thing people say within 30 seconds, how can I help? What can I do? Who can I introduce you to? My cousin's wife is the head of this hospital. Let me introduce you. Like so willing and genuinely looking to help. And when you're going to networking events in like the bigger cities and you're in New York, it's more, you know, you have 30 seconds to get my attention. Yeah. It's a bit of a different, different way to interact. So the fuel program in particular, besides just Bentonville, everyone being willing to help, the fuel program has really helped me kind of stress test a lot of my assumptions about expanding to the US market. And there's no better way, you know, you learn about all these theories on, okay, how am I supposed to go to market? It all makes sense on paper, but none of it is really, your hypothesis aren't proven until you are sitting in front of the ultimate person you're trying to sell to. That's right. And you're giving your pitch. And fuel really facilitates that. And for a young startup, especially from Canada, where the US is our ultimate market, there's nothing more valuable. So they've, they've been putting us in front of the right people, letting us test our assumptions in kind of a friendly environment. So you have a bit of room to make mistakes and then learn yeah. while still, you know, getting the opportunity to potentially close a deal. You know, you make a really good, uh, some really good points about, first of all, regardless whether U.S.-based or, or outside the U.S., mm-hmm. needing to test your assumptions on the market. But when you combine that with if you're not in the U.S. and you're coming into the U.S., so now it's all a new circumstance yeah. uh, to you. It sure must be better to be in a place where the first question is, how can we help? Instead of, like you said, you got 30 seconds to surprise me. Exactly. And then maybe I'll gatekeep, won't gatekeep too much. You know? <laughs> I'm going to call that, how can I help your hashtag? Because uh, Bentonville Moment, instead of asking you that, yeah. uh, that question. Yeah. Last question then, how may our audience get in touch with you and learn more about Momentum Health? Yeah, so... If you are involved in scoliosis care in any way, even as a pediatrician, school nurse, concerned parent, or pediatric spine surgeon, I'd really invite you to go to momentum.health, our website, or email me, philippe at momentum.health. I'd love to get in touch, love to see how we can help you remotely monitor your scoliosis patients with less radiation and more frequently. Yeah. Wonderful. Philippe, thanks for joining the show. Thank you so much. Okay, to wrap up these uh, special episodes about the Fuel for Your Health cohort, I have here in the studio with me, Grace Gill, who is the operational manager for Fuel. Grace, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Anytime. Will you share with our audience whatever you'd like them to know about Grace Gill? Yeah, of course. I am originally from Wichita, Kansas. I've been in the area for the past four years. I came down for school. I just recently graduated from the University of Arkansas, graduated with a degree in strategy, entrepreneurship, and venture innovation, which is kind of a mouthful, but it's perfect for for what I'm getting to do now, which is working with new ventures with fuel. Excellent. I think you left something out. You're <laughs> yeah. a world, uh, world record holder, maybe a couple of times, right? Yeah. Outside, outside of my professional life, I um, am a competitive powerlifter. I've been competing for four years, and I just recently set two world records and am training now for the American Pro. So, yeah. That is very cool. Thank you. Well, let's talk about fuel. What is it that you feel attracts people and their companies to fuel? I mean, as part of the team, I I can say firsthand that nobody works harder than fuel to make an individualized experience for each of these companies. 
And we really prioritize getting them connected, getting them the resources and everything that they specifically need. So fuel is anything but cookie cutter. And I think that that is something that's really unique to the program and a a huge draw for companies that are coming from all over the nation and and even international. Yeah, that is certainly unique. Uh, You're right. A lot of uh, accelerators, it's been my experience, are cookie cutter. I mean, I've ran uh, accelerators Mm -hmm. and we were even (laughs) rather cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I appreciate that uh, very much that you said that. Can you share... A couple more questions for you. We'll mm-hmm. start with the uh, hashtag Because Bentonville story, uh, story. So we share a story that would be a hashtag Because Bentonville story, and that would be uh, a moment in time or a full-fledged story that maybe it can only happen here or mm-hmm. demonstrates the essence of Bentonville. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, I, I'm not. I'm a transplant. I'm not a native, and I'm just recently kind of starting to, to live here now that I'm out of school, and so now I feel like a, a normal resident. But I think... The, you know, my hashtag Bentonville, it just has to be the community. I mentioned before that um, I'm a powerlifter and I mean, you just highlighted it perfectly. Not to go too deep into that, but I mean, I, when I started, I didn't really tell a lot of people I was doing it. And it started with the support of my coworkers over at Startup Junkie. I, and they really supported me in kind of this past year. And I happened to just post something on LinkedIn. And after that, like some of the networking events I, I went to afterwards, I mean, I had people coming up and being really supportive about it. People that I only knew in kind of a professional sense. And it started after that, that I realized that this is kind of my community of people. Mm-hmm. And I, even though I'm not here natively, I've always felt welcomed and that I kind of feel like I'm a part of the fabric that makes up this area. And I think that's a really unique feeling considering I've only been here for four years. So that's what I would say is, is my Bentonville story is when I had people here coming up, asking me about, asking me about powerlifting, asking me about graduation stuff. Even recently at uh, 1 Million Cups, I got up and did the fuel intro mm-hmm. for our fuel series and announced that I had officially graduated and everyone started clapping. I got a few hugs at the end. And that's just something really unique and, and not just something that you find in a normal professional kind of ecosystem. Yeah, I think you're right. People really embrace what it is that other people are doing and are full on board with supporting them and helping them along Mm -hmm. the way. And you're right. That is very hashtag because Bentonville. Absolutely. All right. One last question. How can people in our audience learn more about fuel? The best way is to either go to the website, the fuelaccelerator.com or get in touch with any of our team members. Tom at Fuel Accelerators can get get a hold of Tom Douglas, Darian Harris, our program director. You can get him at Darian at Fuel Accelerator and me at Chris at fuelaccelerator.com. So that's probably the best way. We have um, applications open in April and go throughout the summer for our AIML cohort that starts in August. And then kind of the, the inverse for our health cohort in April, applications for that will open in August. So, yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for sharing with our audience. Absolutely. Hey, thanks to the Bentonville Beacon audience. Without you, we could not do this show or would not do this show. So keep coming back to hear more about Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas, this place where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. Check out all of our episodes at bentonvillebeacon.com. And you can also check them out on your favorite podcast players, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Thanks. We'll see you next time.